0: For all new patients, Green Mountain Dental Group offers free teeth whitening trays when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. Just mention BSN Denver.
2: This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast, powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. For the Colorado Avalanche, that's Matt Duchesne. Right now, news is breaking that he has been involved in a trade that has been completed, and it looks like they have pulled him off the ice here after just playing a couple of minutes to start this hockey game. The best Avalanche coverage in Denver. that's at the puck again in the New York zone. Shot, score! <laughs> Taking you beyond the ice and inside the locker room. Gerard didn't have a stick. The handoff in the slot. Broken up with a skate by Gerard. He broke up that play. Then he stopped it, there. Oh, wow. What a play by Gerard. And now, here are your hosts, AJ Haefeli and Adrian Dater. Ooh, I'm a rebel
0: just for kicks now.
1: Welcome into the BSN Avalanche podcast presented as always by In We Go. Download the In We Go app today. Use the promo code BSN50 to get half off your first month. I'm your host, Jesse Montano. I am your one and only host tonight coming to you on a Friday evening after the Colorado Avalanche dropped a 2-1 to decision to the Chicago Blackhawks in front of a not very happy crowd. At Pepsi Center and with that it just it, it really wasn't you know a great game so here's kind of the deal <laughs> folks it's just me it's a Friday before going to the holiday weekend not a great game so being completely honest this is probably gonna be a little bit of a shorter episode as really one one huge positive to take out of tonight other than that not a lot went well So let's kind of dive in uh, summary of the game here. Chicago took the lead 1-0 in the first period. The Avs were able to come back and get it tied in the second. Grubauer was fantastic tonight. Philip Grubauer has put together back-to-back extremely strong starts. We're going to talk about this uh, more in in the third segment. But really, really impressed with Philip Grubauer over these last couple games. Able to get his head on straight. Able to... You know, shake out of a bit of a funk that the, that the Avs goaltending has been in, and uh, and 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 give the Avs a couple of really strong performances, kind of restore a little bit of confidence in in the goaltending. Again, we'll touch on this more later, uh, but uh, an ugly—I guess I shouldn't say ugly—a goal that squeaked through right at the beginning of the third, sat in the crease, Grubauer, Barry, nobody really knew where it was, except for uh, Anisimov, who was able to punch it in. Couple, couple, again, just kind of moments that, that stick out to me from the game. Now, look, I'm not a, I'm not one of these NHL conspiracy theorists that, that you know, the refs are, are, are intentionally giving certain teams, you know, calls and, and that it's all rigged and, and all this and that, but here's what I do believe. I do believe that certain players across all sports are given a little bit more leash depending on uh, you know, their their I guess I don't know if I want to say pedigree, but they're just if they're if they're the big enough name, if they're a big enough star, if they've been established in the league for a while, they get a little bit more leash. I think that's just you know, a hundred percent a fact. I don't think the refs are, are doing it maliciously or as a way to punish the other team they're playing against it's just a guy like Jonathan Taves is going to be given a little bit more, uh, you know, a few more liberties that that other players aren't. I noticed it on on four separate occasions tonight. It it caught my eye. the The first three were on faceoffs. Everyone has been furious over the last few years over over how. Strict NHL riffs have been with with faceoffs. If you move at all, they're kicking players out. You know they put in the rule. I believe it was last off season. If you if uh, if your team jumps twice, it's a penalty, and and they've really seemed to crack down on that. To my eye, Jonathan Taves, I noticed on three separate occasions, it's referred to as a false start, similar to football. He false started multiple times in the dot and the ref never never stopped never made anyone reset never made him you know reset his footing his stick let him continue to jump and on two of those occasions again just from 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 what i was seeing i wasn't all the way up in the press box tonight so had a little bit of a better vantage point on two separate occasions jonathan tave's stick was was in the circle and the puck was dropped and he was winning draws easily. Now again, I this is these are kind of the same liberties that I think are given to Sidney Crosby. You hear a lot of people that that have that same complaint about Crosby and I think it's valid. I think he's given he's given some extra some extra leash. And I think that's the best way to put it from from officials. They allow guys like Jonathan Taves and Sidney Crosby to jump a little bit more. Now obviously the Abs aren't a great faceoff team by no means am I saying that's what the issue was tonight, but it leads me to my next point of the Sam Girard injury. Sam Girard and Colin Wilson left tonight's game in the third period with injuries. Colin Wilson appears to be a little bit more severe. I'll circle back to that here in just a second, but why Jonathan Taves getting maybe a little bit of extra leash and, and the refs allowing him to get away a little bit more and a little bit more of the benefit of the doubt is relevant. The Chicago Blackhawks ice the puck. From their own zone, shot it down to the far end. Now, for those of you that aren't familiar, and I know our, our listeners are great, and you guys are, are great hockey fans, you know the rules. But for those of you that aren't familiar and maybe don't know, the NHL changed their icing rule a few years back. It used to be you had the the defending team had to come all the way back and touch the puck in order for the icing to be called. So it was a it was truly a a, a dead sprint race all the way to the puck. The NHL took that rule out. And replaced it with with what is now called hybrid icing. What that means is, it's not necessarily as soon as you dump it and the puck crosses the goal line on the far end, it's an icing and we blow the whistle, we blow the play dead immediately, like what you see in in college and in a lot of international play. Hybrid means you still have to come back, but it's whatever team the ref deems is is in the best position to win the race of the puck by the defending hash marks. So basically where the faceoff takes place in the defending zone. The caveat with that is, is if it is deemed a, a tie or the two skaters are, are dead even, kind of like baseball, how the, how the tie goes to the run the tie goes to the defending team. The The play is supposed to be blown dead there. And the biggest reason this was put in place was to avoid injuries because a lot of teams, a lot of players, a lot of games were seeing two guys sprinting towards a puck that's, just a couple feet, maybe sometimes inches from the wall, it was leading to these kind of big nasty collisions that were causing injuries. Because when you have two guys in a dead sprint, you're, you know you're, you're skating full speed, basically square into the wall. So that's why the rules put in place. Chicago dumped the puck, iced it, and to me, and to everyone else on the ice, and everyone else on the bench. It was, at the very least, a dead tie between Sam Girard and Jonathan Taves, which, again, in this situation, per the hybrid icing rule, the play should have been blown dead there. That's an icing. We couldn't say that Jonathan Taves was clearly going to win it. It's kind of the same as the penalty shot rule. You have to have a a clear stride advantage if you're the attacking team for the ref to say, yes, I'm deeming that that the offensive player is going to get there first, so I'll wave it off. So this puck gets all the way down to the goal, excuse me, the players get all the way down to the goal line. The ref waves it off, and Jonathan Taves collides with Sam Girard. Girard goes hard into the boards. He goes down, clear, with, 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 clearly with, with you know, he's, he's laboring to some extent. Don't necessarily know if I want to call it a clear injury at that point, but he goes down. He hit the wall hard. I mean, he went back first hard into the end wall. Well, then the avs start coming out the other way, but because they have a player down, the play is blown dead, and the faceoff takes place in the av zone. Obviously, Sam Girard leaving the game with an injury is, is a bigger issue than than the faceoff being taken in the av zone. But to me, there were three things there that that I think should have gone differently. One, that the play should have been blown dead. That should have been an icing. None of what I'm about to say should have mattered. The play should have been blown dead. Two, because the the play wasn't blown dead, you ended up with an injury. You put a player at risk because you didn't blow the play dead like you should have. And three, I, I didn't get the greatest look at it, but there were a lot of people who thought that, that it should have been a penalty on Jonathan Taves. Again, I didn't get a clear look at it, so I don't want to say that definitively. But again, at the very least... That should have been an icing. The faceoff should have gone back down to the Chicago Blackhawks and the Avs should have been able to get some fresh bodies out and, and they would have had another offensive opportunity. Instead, they were having to play immediately defensive in their own zone. And, of course, the obvious one, you lose Sam Gerard for the rest of the game. Because you didn't blow the play dead, the Avs were without one of their best offensive defensemen in a one-goal game in the last handful of minutes when, when you're trying to tie it. So huge swing and a miss and and I think that was partially because I'm going to get a lot of heat from this I'm sure but I think it's Jonathan Taves. It's hey that's Jonathan Taves. Mm, we'll give him a little bit extra. We'll give him a little bit more of of of, of you know the liberties here to say yeah he could have won that when fact of the matter is that should have been an icing and the faceoff should have come down to the other end. Colin Wilson Went into the boards really, really awkwardly. I still haven't gotten a, a great replay look at it, so I don't want to say too much, but I mean, he jumped up uh, immediately holding his arm in place. To me, that looked like a break. I would be willing to bet, again, just based on the way he was he was kind of holding his arm and the way he went in. My guess, this is not fact, this is a guess, uh, that looked like collarbone to me. Jared Bednar said the initial, uh, pfft, the, the initial report on him is he's week to week. If they're coming out immediately and saying week to week, but they said that's very preliminary, that sounds pretty bad to me. I, I would be willing to bet that, that Colin Wilson's done for a, a, a nice chunk, if not the rest of this season, which would mean his time as an Av is, is likely over. But obviously we won't know that for sure. They're going to make a call up to head out uh, to Phoenix with the team either tonight or they will meet them out there tomorrow. Obviously, the advantage is the Eagles were at home tonight, so you can have someone come down. I don't know how quickly the Avs are are getting out to DIA and getting on the plane, how quickly you could get someone there to meet you. But, uh, again, th- those were just kind of the – those were a couple moments that, that stuck out to me. Uh, when we come back, we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to dive into a little bit more of – of just what we saw out of the abs tonight, which which to me was just kind of a really flat effort in a game where if you if you go look at some of the fancy stats, it looks like they really dominated and controlled. In my opinion, that just wasn't the case. We'll dive a little bit more into it on the other side of the break. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by In We Go. We will be right back.
2: Hey everybody, this is the BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by InWeGo, Denver's best subscription that allows you to go to as many events as you can, including Avalanche Games, for only $39 per month. There's no additional costs or fees. You heard that right. You can get tickets to Avalanche Home Games with your In we Go subscription for only $39 a month. And it's not just Avs games. It's Rockies, Rapids, Nuggets, Buffs, Concerts, Beer tastings food fests, comedy shows, concerts, and anything else that you can imagine. If it's going on in Denver, there's a good chance that In We Go can get you in. Here's where it gets good. We partnered with In We Go to give BSN listeners a great deal. Go to InWeGo.com BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50 when you subscribe to get 50% off your first month. That's right, all events in Denver for under 20 bucks during your first month. Try it and fall in love with it just like we all did at BSN Denver. Go to inwego.com slash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50. Now, enjoy the show.
1: Second segment here on the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by InWego. I'm your host, Jesse Montano, here all alone, by myself, after the Avs drop. Tonight's game, 2-1 to to the Chicago Blackhawks at Pepsi Center. Not good stuff. Basically, here's here's what I thought went down. The Avs controlled the puck pretty much all night. If you go look at any kind of game flow charts, if you go look at any kind of fancy stats, any kind of kind of Corsi for, Corsi against, it says the abs dominated and controlled the puck all the whole time. Now the puck was on their stick for huge chunks of the night, but it never felt threatening. The abs never, when you were in the building, there was never that sense of imminent, an imminent offensive outbreak. You know, there, there's some nobody goalie in net for for the Blackhawks, and and you know, I see all these people like, oh, another nobody goalie comes in and steals a game from the Avs. I didn't think he was that great. He made a couple saves in the third period that were nice saves. He he had one save in particular. I I believe it was on Gabe Bork. That was that was a great stop. But I mean, other than that. If you go back and rewatch that game, find me a moment where he was stealing goals from the Abs. again. Outside of of one or two late in the game, to me there just wasn't any any real threat. I mean, thirty six shots on net that's that's fine, that's all good. But but against a team like Chicago, Colorado should have should have I mean just been pounding that puck on net. And again, based based. Uh, not based against the, the advanced statistics, 36 shots. I did not think was, was that overwhelming. It, it, when you look at that, that flow chart of, of you know, possession, who had the puck on their stick, kind of thing, it was a situation where you look at that, you look at the shots on goal, and to me, they didn't match up. A little bit too passive. I, I talked to Eric Johnson last week in in uh, I don't remember who the game was, uh, Edmonton, and you know he said we played a little bit we played too much east west, and I thought that was the same thing tonight. I thought the Abs were were moving the puck well. I liked the passing, but I thought when they were getting the lanes when they should have been shooting by by moving the puck by opening opening up those lanes, getting defenders moving. I thought they were passing up on those and and going for one extra. Kind of, they were trying to make those. You see it all the time. You see it, you know, on on a highlight reel a couple times a week. Everyone goes to the left, and then you find that backdoor tap in on the right. It looked like the abs and Nathan McKinnon in particular were looking for that every time. When it's just had you just snap that on net, even hadn't had it not gone in, you, you make force a goalie to make a save. There's a bit of a scramble in front of the net rebounds the abs had presence in front of the net the abs were established in the zone for for big chunks of this game but again just it, it was a little bit of overpassing it was a little bit of of chicago was collapsing in front of the net similar to what the islanders did and we're just getting in front of a lot of pucks it was a little bit of the abs missing the net on on the on the opportunity that they did didn't pass up on but again, to me, this just seemed like they had the puck on their stick for, for a lot of the, the night and just weren't doing anything with it. They were purely just holding it and collecting that possession time. I thought in the third period when they fell behind by one, I said, okay, now you're going to see them crank it up similar to like they did against Boston and Pepsi Center earlier in this year when they fell behind it and they just turned it on and took over. I said, all right, that goal is going to wake them up. Ugly goal, start of the period. Your goaltenders played great. Your goaltenders bailed you out. They're going to come back and just really give themselves kind of that extra shot in the arm they need, and, and they're going to kind of take over here. And it just never happened. They looked all night, and, and I hate when people say stuff like this because it's obviously not the mentality, but it, it gave the impression of, eh, this is a nothing goalie. We can we can beat him whenever we want. And and again, it, it looked like it was just that extra pass. One too many. Trying to, you know, pick just the right corner and, and you miss it wide and it rims around the glass. Instead of just throwing pucks on with, with that goaltender in net. Chicago played last night, flew into Denver late. Every single thing should have just been on the net, on the net, on the net, on the net, pound the puck on net, pound the puck on net get to rebounds, get in front, and it just it never seemed like the Avs were doing that. It, to me, seemed like they knew they were the better team from a talent perspective, and were just trying to kind of exploit that and just purely outskill the Blackhawks, which, I I mean, is uh, okay, fine, I guess. But, you you know, so congratulations. You outskilled them, and you held the puck for basically the entire game sick you lost 2 to 1 just throw pucks on net get to the, get to the front force a goalie that you've never heard of force him to be great i didn't think he was great tonight i thought he was a guy who stood in the net and made a couple saves and i thought he had a couple where you could see he never even saw the puck hit him and, and I thought in the first period he looked nervous. There was a handful of times where the Avs threw pucks on net and and they bounced off his glove and were generating rebounds. I thought the Avs didn't take advantage of that at all. And I thought the, the Avs wasted a great goaltending performance. One of the better ones we've seen this year from either of the Avs netminders, Philip Grubauer made three or four saves on, on Chicago was only getting chances off the rush tonight and and there were a handful of those where Grubauer had to come up huge just to keep his just to keep the score close and i thought the avs completely wasted that that performance from from Philip Grubauer it was extremely disappointing it was extremely frustrating to watch and and we're going to talk a lot about Grubauer as 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 we uh wrap this up in the third segment but basically, that that was how I felt. You know, it's it's it was a tough game for me to kind of diagnose because you look at the fancy stats and you say the abs were clearly better. The abs hit four posts tonight too. It should be noted, so they were a little snake bit. They were a little unlucky, and you say, all right, well, even if they played flat, if some of those goals that that hit the posts, if those go in. Are we saying the same thing? And, and I actually I had someone ask me that exact question on Twitter. And I said, well, it depends. If one of these hypothetical goals wakes them up and they say, all right, well, let's just bury these guys, then yeah, that's a completely different conversation, completely different game. But if you just want to play the, the what-if game of, all right, the game plays out exactly the same, but those goals that go off the post go in, then, yeah, I would say the same thing. Lack of urgency. No energy looked like you were just expecting to outskill someone else it you know it reminded me of when you watch uh for those of you that have watched youth hockey you see teams that are clearly just better teams right and you know they've got the the, the leading score in the league and and you know a bunch of the kids that, that you know played that play AAA on their high school or on their excuse me on their club teams, and you're playing against another team that's not very good. A lot of the time, you see those games be a little bit closer than you thought because you know kids are out there trying Michigans and through the legs and toe drags and all that stuff instead of just going out there and just doing what you do that makes you successful. I thought the Avs tried to get a little bit too cute with it tonight. A little bit too fancy. They weren't playing the, the north-south that, that makes them so successful and makes them so dangerous when they're playing with that speed and they're playing, you know, stretching, stretching the ice out, uh, breakout passes from, the, from, from their own zone to the other side of the red line. They weren't doing any of those things. And, uh, and, and to me, I think that's what cost them. Let's take one more quick break. When we come back, we are going to talk a little bit about Philip Grubauer and and the steps he's taken this week to to restore a little bit of faith in the abs we'll touch on on the the schedule that's coming up here in the next few days as well bs and avalanche podcast presented by in we go we'll be right back
2: podcast network
1: the biggest benefits of CBD are our cognitive our neuroprotection neuroregeneration anti-inflammatory and then a lot of the most common situations that that people are taking it are for pain
0: that is Arthur Jaffe a former CU Buffs football player and founder of elixinol A Colorado-based company focused on providing the highest quality of CBD oil and hemp extracts in the world. Like Arthur mentioned earlier, CBD has significant medical benefits and isn't limited to just athletes. Everyone can take it, from adults and children to even your dog.
1: I wish I would have learned about it or that it would have been more prominent at a younger age to potentially have have given my father a a significant opportunity to fight prostate cancer, which ultimately took his life when I was 13. You know, I really think that it would have helped him.
0: Arthur and the folks over at Elixinal's mission is to educate, inspire, and empower others to live naturally healthy, happy lives. To learn more and join the CBD conversation, check out elixinol.com.
1: Third and final segment here. BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by In We Go. Download the In We Go app. Use the promo code BSN50. You're going to get half off your first month. Jesse Montano here, breaking down the Avs two to one loss for the Chicago Blackhawks. Like I said, guys, uh, just me tonight. Friday before Christmas, we're going to you know have a few days off here. Everyone is uh, coming in, you know into the weekend and 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 right out of the weekend. So a little bit of a shorter show tonight. So thank you guys so much for for kind of bearing with me here. Philip Grubauer, coming into these last couple games, it was, oh boy, the Avs have not had a good goaltending performance in... It's been a few weeks. Semyon Varlamov, I think, has been really off his game recently, and and Philip Grubauer really hasn't been much better. And you, you play the game against Montreal, where I didn't think the team played great they played all right I didn't think they played great they were they were okay uh and Philip Grubauer stole that one for you so you say all right boom there's you know there's a bounce back game uh from from your goaltenders good to see good to you know good to have have something like that and I thought it was the same case again tonight where the Avs really didn't play well and Philip Grubauer just absolutely bailed them out the difference was uh this time the Avs didn't didn't really give them any help um and the Avs couldn't steal that win. You know they they didn't give Grubauer the opportunity to steal that win uh, in a game that I thought Philip Grubauer really really deserved to get the W. Why is why are two games important? And I'm I am definitely the biggest defender of hey you can't put too much into a game or even a week. It's this is a long season. You have long stretches. You have ups and downs. But here is why I think this and again it's. That All that still holds true. If Philip Grubauer plays these two games well and then falls right back off a cliff coming out of the Christmas break, then it's like, well, then that was great. That was two games. But goaltenders are so big on confidence and, and coaches, I believe AJ, if AJ didn't say it on last night's show, he said it to me privately, the, one of the most important relationships in sports is between coaches and goalies in hockey. A coach has to have a read on, on what their goaltender is doing. That goaltender has to instill some confidence in the coach. Right now, Jared Be- or up until these last couple games, Jared Bednar really didn't have a goalie that he could turn to with a lot of confidence. People, myself included, were critical of his decisions to start Semyon Varlamov in, in consecutive games. But at the same time, you, you were looking at Philip Grubauer's recent play and you say, well, what's... You know, it really kind of was one of those pick your poisons. How do you want to die? So by Philip Grubauer coming out and having two really strong games, one that gives him a little bit of confidence back, saying, Hey, all right, I can win this job. I can I can be the, the number one guy. I, I I've got it in me. And two, it gives Jared Bednar a guy where he can say, All right, I've got a guy who's playing well. I know when, when the when the chips are down, I can go to one guy and I, right now I can rely, rely on him. AJ says it all the time. Goaltenders are, are voodoo. Trying to predict what they're going to do, how they're going to play, what kind of player they're going to turn into is... I mean, it's almost impossible. So much of that is you know, superstition and, and confidence, honestly. Spencer Martin up north with the Eagles. I think his career is a great example of that. A couple of years ago... That was a guy that a lot of us were looking at as as his his career kind of started in in the AHL and he was playing really well. That was a guy we were looking at saying, "All right, here it is." When the Avs finally turn this around and they're and they're making their push, Spencer Martin is the goalie of the future. Stuff started going a little bit sideways for him. And I don't think he ever got that confidence back. And, and his play has been on a pretty hard slide since then to the point where he's now the the de facto number two in Loveland. Part of that's because Pavel Francuz has come over from the KHL and he's been stellar. But, you know, Spencer Martin really is. As of, as of this point in his career, he's a number two AHL goalie. And this is a guy that we all thought was going to be ready to take the reins over from, from Semyon Varlamov after this season but but my, my my point on that is goaltenders are hard to predict but as of right now you know you've got the back to back tonight and in the tomorrow obviously the avs are in, in Arizona tomorrow take on the coyotes last game before the christmas break so typically uh, especially when you're traveling if the avs are playing at home back to back nights maybe it's a different conversation but because the avs are playing at home and then flying to Arizona you you usually you give that game to uh, to varley but that's that's one where you have a short leash on Varley. If he comes out and he doesn't perform well just right out of the gates, you, you, you go to Grubauer right away because you've got some confidence in him, you being Jared Bednar, has some confidence in a guy who, who's playing well right now, and confidence coming from your coach then feeds back into your own confidence. And to me, Philip Grubauer should be getting the benefit of the doubt Anyways, right now, in in a 50-50 split where where neither goalie was really playing that well, to me, you go to your guy who is going to be here longer term. I know Varley's your number one. He's been around for a long time, and and I've been a big Varley defender in, in my days. But the fact of the matter is, you don't really have plans for Varley past this season. So unless you can say... Clearly, Semyon Varlamov is playing better than Philip Grubauer. I say you you err on the side of Philip Grubauer. Now, I know there are going to be people out there who say, oh, well, no, you err on the side of the guy who's been your number one, who's been your, your go-to guy, who's bailed you out before, and and that's all totally valid, and I, I get that side of the argument. But I think you got to start investing more time, more attention, into the guy that you think is going to be around for a while. Now, obviously, if you drop Philip Grubauer in and he completely, you know, if you say, all right, we're rolling with you for the next month, you're getting you're getting the, the 80-20 split, the 70-30 split. And, you know, if, if he just completely drowns when you throw him in, well, that's a different conversation. But at the end of the day, you found something out. You found out that, hey, this guy isn't ready to take over and, and we should probably keep Simeon Varlamov around. Right now, you're kind of putting yourself in a position where you're not really sure. And that's going to leave you in a scary spot going into the end of the season. So, Philip Grubauer coming out, playing a couple really strong games, I think gives you a little bit of clarity going forward. Now, watch Semyon Varlamov come out tomorrow and play fantastic. But I think it gives you a little bit of clarity going forward, and you can kind of start gearing things that direction. Uh, so the Avs do. They go into Arizona tomorrow on the, on the second night of a back-to-back. Semyon Varlamov is right now scheduled to get the start. Colin Wilson will be out. The word on Sam Gerard is that he will be okay. He should be in the lineup for tomorrow. The Avs will be without Nikita Zadorov uh, tomorrow as well. Anton Lindholm. Let's touch on Anton Lindholm really, really quickly uh, before we we kind of started getting into uh, to wrapping this up here. Anton Lindholm, he played seven minutes tonight. We say it all the time, guys like that, you, you know, what do you say? You can't really do much with that. But in the time he was out there, I thought he was fine. I thought he made good decisions with the puck. I thought he moved the puck out of the defensive zone effectively. I thought he he made good decisions. He He controlled the ice around him okay as as okay as you can in seven minutes of ice time um i thought he was good i know there were a lot of people that that weren't happy with that call up that you'd you'd rather see maybe a couple other guys maybe a nicholas Melosh, but i thought he was just fine uh to me that's nothing messy about it it is what it is i I thought he was okay but yeah, so guys, the Avs uh, the abs do they go into Arizona? Then they get a few days off. I've always liked that about the NHL. They uh, let the let the players, let the teams be with their families uh, around, you know, around the holiday. Uh, NFL, NBA. Uh, I know they do. Uh, you know they have games on Christmas and and on Thanksgiving and that stuff. But the Avs, actually the roster freeze is in place, so you can't be traded uh, right now up until I believe. Wednesday night, but then the NHL after tomorrow and after Sunday, they don't resume action until Thursday where the Avs will be in Las Vegas to take on the Golden Knights. The ABS are in a soft part of their schedule right now. You drop two points to the Chicago Blackhawks. Okay, there's your one you're allowed to drop. Now you got to go take care of these teams you're clearly better than. You got to beat Arizona tomorrow. You got to go into the break here on, on a high note. Come out. The ABS have... Historically, been horrible that first game after the Christmas break. Go into Vegas, take care of some business, and, and everything's all good, guys. I said it on Twitter. The ABS weren't good tonight. There's there's no way to put it. I'm I'm constantly criticized for being overly optimistic. The ABS were not very good tonight, in my opinion. I thought they were flat. I I didn't think they were dangerous, and and I thought the the energy level was low all night. The ABS haven't been playing great the last couple weeks. But this is a long season. There's a lot of ups and downs. The Avs, in my opinion. Actually, not in my opinion. According to the standings. So the facts. The Avs are one of the top teams in the West still. They're right there with Nashville. They're right there with Winnipeg. They're right there with a very surprising Calgary. So, let's keep that in mind. They've lost some games they probably should have won. Could the Avs probably be sitting first place in the West right now? Yeah, probably. But... Don't you think the National Predators have a few games like that who lost to the Ottawa Senators last night in regulation? Don't you think the Winnipeg Jets have a few games like that where you say, yeah, we probably should have won that one? I think maybe the only team that is that is clearly beating every team they should beat, they're beating everybody, is the, is the Tampa Bay Lightning. Everyone else, there's a lot of competitiveness. There's a lot of, of competition near the top, and it's fine. The Avs are in a good spot. The Avs are setting themselves up great. They have a lot of home games in the back half of their schedule, and and the Avs are putting themselves in a really good position. So take a deep breath. Go into this holiday weekend and enjoy the time with your your family, with your friends. Uh, I I want you all to have a very merry Christmas. If if you don't celebrate Christmas, enjoy the, the, the time off from work. Enjoy the time with your family. Enjoy the time with your husbands, wives, kids, dogs, cats, whoever it is, Take a deep breath. Tonight was a frustrating loss, but it's all good, guys. The Abs are, are the Abs get a chance to bounce back right away tomorrow. Make sure to tune into that. Make sure you're following AJ. Make sure you're following the BSN Avalanche account, and 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 we'll have you guys all up to date. Thank you guys all so much for listening. Uh, every time we have one of these holidays come around or, or some time off, I do like to take the uh, take a second at the end of these shows to say thank you to everyone who listens, to everyone who subscribes. To everyone who doesn't subscribe and just follows us, you know, follow, follows along on Twitter. We aren't here without you guys, and it always means so much to us that uh, that people care, people give a give a crap about what we have to say, and uh, uh, it makes all this so worth it. You know, at 11:30 on on a Friday night uh, to be recording something like this, it's it's all totally worth it. So thank you guys so much from from Adrian, AJ, uh, everyone at BSN, and myself. Uh, seriously, thank you. So. Have a great weekend you guys. Have a have a very merry Christmas. Have a have a great holiday season and and we will be back here on the podcast next week. Thank you guys all so much for listening.